and welcome to Coin to the Ball in the Post Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And Pete. Hello. This week we're going to talk about Colonel Percy Fawcett and the man apes of South America. Man apes. Man apes. I always love stuff like this because one of my favourite jobs of all time, historical jobs, is gentleman explorer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where someone just gives you a lot of money for some reason. And you go, right, off I trot into the deepest, darkest jungles of South America. And then nine times out of ten, no one ever sees you again. But you've got to admire the pluck. Yeah. You know? The balls of them, yeah, definitely. And it's like, oh, tally-ho. And you have a fine moustache. You know, a pith helmet. Okay. Khaki khaki shorts. Exactly, khaki. And you just go off with your... You could look a bit more like Indiana Jones, really. It's 90, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's, it's not that kind of period. Yeah. It's, it's... Oh, right, okay. So what they Young say, Indiana just, just Jones. go and discover some shit, here's some money. Well, it's like it's like really bring, early bring Indiana you, Jones. Bring you back something magic, you, you know, something magic. Then after, the, after the fucking Temple of Doom. <laughs> after the monkey men, for fuck's sake. No, he's actually looking for the lost city of Z. Right. But we'll get to that. Okay. Is that Z as in the letter, so should you have said Z, or is it Z as in... Well, to be fair, How's it spelled? It's, it's literally just the letter Z, Okay. but I think Z sounds better, rather than the lost city of Z. Doesn't to you my English ears. ears. Doesn't to my English ears. <laughs> All right, that's my English ears, that noise. Lost city of Z it is. Thank you. We're English, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> Z. I'll speak the Queen's. Say a minute ago, he was putting all, all the hats on and getting all like, tally ho! And then he goes, Z. Mm. <laughs> oh, tally ho, chucks away, let's go and find some zebras! Oh, uh, my ears have just blown up! Uh. <laughs> well, let's see how many American listeners we've offended this week. Just put that over yeah. a segment. It's our language, for God's sake. <laughs> they just bastardise it. <laughs> Actually, they technically speak a purer form of it. An easier form, certainly. Because it's the exact change to something. Hmm? Oregano. Does that sound like an easier form? A purer form. Or a pu- it doesn't sound much purer than oregano. Traitor, get out. I'm not defending it. By any sense of the imagination, I walk on the footpath. I take it by rubbish. Although, that's actually one thing that has worried me recently, is I keep saying movie instead of film. Mm. And that... That's worried me slightly. Bugging you. Yeah, it's bugging me. All right, well, let's thank some new returning listeners and then we'll get to the meat and bones of it. So, where shall I start? Glasgow in the United Kingdom. Oh, hi, Glasgow. Southport oh. in the UK. Helvoort in the, in the Netherlands. St. Leonard's on Sea in the UK. Medina in Saudi Arabia. Cheltenham in the UK. Hanoi in Vietnam. Peterborough in the UK. Hearn Bay in the UK. A lot of UK this week. Bengaluru in India. You're always here. Zurich in Switzerland, Jenison in Missouri, Detroit in Missouri, Michigan, actually am I yeah. Michigan? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Jenison, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, Ashburn, Virginia, Stevenage in the UK, Guadalajara, Spain, Belfast in the UK, Frankfurt and Maine, and Dublin in Ireland. Wow, Dublin's really steps it up this week. It's it's well, you've, you've won the Irish battle, definitely. <laughs> I'd say so. Well, let's have a chat with Percy Fawcett. Famous explorer of his time. Mm. We're just looking at a bit of a sketch of him. He has got an impressive moustache, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So the remote jungles of South America have long been the source of tales of strange creatures and legends. And among these are numerous sightings of large ape-like creatures prowling the wilderness. Bigfoot's everywhere, people. Yeah. 
Every continent, there's a Bigfoot. But so myth. within the Americas, Bigfoot myth. Within the Americas, <laughs> not a proven Bigfoot. Let's state that. Within the Americas, it's certainly the most predominant place for it. Whether it's the South Americas or North America, Canada, Alaska, it, it's all around all of the, that. The Yeti is very unhappy with you about that statement. Well, sorry. The Yeti is up there. No, because the Yeti's Himalayas and that. I know, he's very unhappy with you about that statement. He thinks he should be number one. He told me. Okay. So See, I'm more yeah. up for the, the Yeti than the Sasquatch. Really? It's exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah I know, but it's because of the location. I think it'll be hard, harder to find in the Himalayas than well, the Americas. Well, 100%. But at the same time, you've got areas the size of the UK that are just purely uninhabited forest lands. Yeah, you, you don't... So... The American wilderness is still absolutely vast. Like, stupidly vast. Yeah, but you've got natives and that that still live there and in them. Only in very, 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 small very numbers. small amount of areas. Mm. The rest... There's so... And that's... that's that, And you're talking there, South America, your Brazils and... Rainforests of that kind of area, yeah, the Amazons and all that. Yeah, but it's becoming less and less, isn't it? We're encroaching. Totally, on yeah. We're, we're fucking getting rid of it all and shit. Yeah. So we should be seeing more Bigfoots. That's what I mean. Well, the, we're getting the more bear encounters, I suppose. More mountain lion encounters. Why don't you get Bigfoot encounters? The Bigfoots are pushing the bears and the mountain lions out of their territory because they're being <laughs> encroached upon. Maybe they're top dog in the scenario. Surely, yeah. yet is it just migrated Bigfoots? No, they are. They are just another Bigfoot that's. Just from a different area in the, area snow, in the yeah. world, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, the description of these bees often varies, with sizes ranging from a, dim a diminutive three feet tall all the way up to hulking, 12 foot tall, hairy giants, and are often claimed by the natives of the region and witnesses to live in villages of their own, use primitive bows and arrows, and to have a language of grunts and whistles. That's kind of fun. Well, three feet tall could be, an abs could be a toddler. Like a baby, couldn't it? Could it be. Could be like a one-year-old just started to walk kind of thing. So that you could use that. Mm-hmm. Oh, although regional names may vary, they are now mostly filed under the blanket name of the Maracoxi, and they are, for the most part, more or less the South American version of Bigfoot. Perhaps the most well-documented and harrowing encounters with these mysterious creatures was detailed by the famed British explorer Colonel Percival H. Fawcett, who vanished into the jungle during an ill-fated expedition to find a mysterious lost city he called Zed. Fawcett was known to write extensive journals of his travels, many of which would later be compiled into, his, into books by his son Brian Fawcett. In one of these books, called Lost Trails, Lost Cities, there is to be found within its pages a rather curious and spectacular tale of encountering the Maracoxi. Fawcett actually went missing in 1925 in the jungle while looking for the lost city of Zed. This in particular expedition was in 1914. He then came back out and went to fort in World War One. Okay. And then went back to exploring after. Bit of a fucking proper man, wasn't he? Yeah, just what? a bit. Why did he come out? You know, because technically he was actually a serving member of the British Army. The colonel's not honorific; he was an artillery colonel. He fought with the. He went to Woolwich. He was trained as a young man. It's a world war, Claire. And news travels. It's a world war, and he went back home. He's a trained artillery yeah. officer. So off he toddled to the Western Front. He was probably signing up for it. He was probably like waiting to get back into it. Like the king and country, like. isn't it? Yeah, that's what it was like them days. 
I just didn't realise it was all out of bollocks. Can we just do that moustache again? Yeah, it's a fantastic moustache, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a bit of a beard going on as well there, but he's definitely got a moustache that, you know, as they like, they stick out for good, a good inch oh, and a yeah. half, two inches either side. But Sherlock Holmes look about him yeah. that pipe, innit? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The encounter supposedly happened in 1914 as Force was on an expedition to map out the uncharted southwestern region of an area called Mato Grosso. From Bolivia, they penetrated into the dark jungle up the Guapo River, and already they'd become well acquainted by local tribes with the bizarre stories of hairy man beasts said to dwell out there in that sea of trees. And although it seemed rather fantastical, it was enough to keep them wary of their surroundings, and they would find out there on their journey. And what they would find out there on their journey. Ivan Sanderson wrote of the stories Fawcett heard in his 1967 book Things, in which he writes, and we'll quote him, The creatures were apparently called Maracoxes by the Maxabuis. They dwelt to their northeast. Due east, there were said to be another group of short black people covered with hair who were truly cannibalistic and hunted humans for food, cooking the bodies over a fire on a bamboo spit and tearing off the meat. Mm. These, the Maxabuis, regarded as merely loathsome and lowly people. On a later trip, Colonel Fawcett was told of an eight people who lived in holes in the ground and were also covered with dark hair and were nocturnal. So they became known in surrounding areas as the Morsegos, or Bat People. These types are called Caballeros, or Hairy People, by the Spanish-speaking Tatos, or Armadillos, by several Amerindian groups, because they live in holes like the Armadillo. Fawcett also records forest Amerindies as telling them that the Marsigos have an incredibly well-developed sense of smell, which prompts even these acute hunters to suggest they have some sixth sense. So even the, the guys who live in the rainforest are like, yeah, them guys are fucking sweet. They're, mm. Well, they're not. They're lowly people. They eat humans. But they're fantastic hunters. They're better than us. Huh. Interesting. Mm. And these are the shorter ones. Yeah. You don't want to get in their way if they're eating people. No, you don't. <laughs> well, why don't they just eat animals? Well, well maybe they prefer they people. They do. Yeah. If a person comes along the way like that, ooh. That'll do. Got a good bit of meat on his rump. Yeah. Apparently the ass is the choicest cut. You said this before. I know, he's pointing out again. <laughs> Clearly wants to eat some ass. <laughs> yeah, tastes like pork, apparently, human. They nevertheless bravely ventured out along the river, coming across some oddities along the way. The first interest discovery was a previously unknown Ameri Indian tribe who identified themselves as the Maxabuis and displayed some curious traits such as their religion of worshipping the sun and demonstrating an inexplicable knowledge of the planets of the solar system which they could draw out with rather shocking accuracy. This would have been interesting to have studied further but Fawcett and the company were not there to do anthropological work because we're British and we're not here to study you. <laughs> we're here to map out this jungle and find ape men. So after they stayed with them for a few days, they headed back out into the mist-shrouded jungle once more, leaving these fascinating people behind and crossing over into a region that was completely unseen by outsiders and may as well be in the surface of some alien planet, which I guess it would. No, no Western individual has ever been there. It's literally mapping out unexplored. Yeah. And you're there with what you can carry, your trusty pistol. Imagine that. That's the kind of place you're going into. Imagine seeing that, like, wow. 
The picture's great. For the listener, do you want to describe it? Oh, it's like a valley. There's lush, verdant trees. There's pinky, orange, rocky outcrops. The trees almost look like grass. It's that thick. Dense yeah. jungle, isn't it? Yeah, Think of the Grand very... Canyon, but completely lush. Yeah, yeah. I won't be able to do it. The heat, the mosquitoes. No. Oh. Thing is, if you get hurt in yeah, that scenario, dead. you're dead, aren't you? Mm. That's if you're going to get eaten by a tiger in your sleep. And plus, they don't know about penicillin at this point, do they? In 1914, no, no, no penicillin. So, you get an infection, you're dead. Well, what's the penicillin? Fact checker Pete, penicillin. 20s, wasn't it? I think you might be right there. I've 27? Got, I've, got, I've got 21 in my head. Uh, I don't know. I've got 27. Plus. Or it might have been 23, I can't remember. It could have been 22. Or 24. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be any year from between 1920 and 1930, is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. I know it was Alexander Fleming. But it's... So after several days of dealing with the numerous perils of this untamed land, the expedition found themselves faced with a mysterious trail out there in the middle of nowhere, which they presumed to be one used by the natives of the region. As they stood there deciding whether to follow the trail or not and which way to go, Fawcett writes that they saw two figures moving around a hundred yard, moving about a hundred yards away, apparently chatting away in some unknown language and carrying bows and arrows. Although they were at first presumed to be from a local tribe, closer inspection showed them to be decidedly odder, and Fawcett described them. What year was it, Peter? We were all wrong. It was twenty-eight. Ah, I was only one year out. Yeah. So no penicillin then. Nope. Mad bastards, aren't they? So to quote Fawcett. We could not see them clearly, for the shadows dapping their bodies, but it seemed to me that they were large, hairy men with exceptionally long arms and with foreheads sloping back from pronounced eye ridges. Men of a very primitive kind, in fact, and stark naked. <laughs> Suddenly they were turned and made off into the undergrowth, and we, knowing it was useless to follow, started up the north leg of the trail. Are they not just come across like a pygmy tribe or something. Oh, these are large hairy men. So oh, these ones are large, mm. sorry. That's why I just read. Yeah. I was <laughs> putting my phone down. I didn't hear the first very little bit. I do apologise. Sloping foreheads. Well, it, sounds, it sounds more like a, a stereotypical Neanderthal. Yeah, a big, big that sort of Bigfoot Neanderthal like... kind of thing. Because I would say Bigfoot could also be Neanderthal, couldn't they? Well, they are most of Bigfoot sightings. They do have this large sloping brow and the hooded eyes. Yeah, yeah. Now, are they hairy or is that like bare skin that they're wearing? Well, he says they're naked and hairy. So you think with it, with evolution, the way they've evolved, would they need they the haven't hair? Had clothes. As, as much hair in that in the Maybe they're assless bear chaps. <laughs> they're entirely hairy apart from their ass chaps, yeah. apart from their ass cheeks. <laughs> Probably not far off. Maybe. Would they have as much hair? Because obviously, you know, the, the north, northern wilderness of America and Canada is a bit nippy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Himalayas are rather rather cold. The jungles are rather hot. The jungles are rather hot. So would they have less hair Not as opposed to traditional Bigfoot? The, the way the hair is, it keeps animals cool as well, doesn't it? All I'm saying is, is this a lost tribe of Polish men? (laughs) (laughs) Or Eastern European men? I think... (laughs) (laughs) Because they are quite hairy. Maybe their hair isn't as long as... Maybe it's a... You can can see skin through it, but you can tell there's a definite covering. Well... Either way, he didn't think they were humans. See, I'm picturing, like, your chimpanzee gorilla kind of hair. Quite thin... 
Yeah, that's your upbringing. Yeah. of hair. Whereas, like, your northern America, your, your, your typical Sasquatch have got more matted, kind of long... Trouble is, there's no chimps or gorillas in South America. Or in Africa. There are... Well, there's man apes. There are <laughs> monkeys <laughs> of sorts, though, isn't there? There little, are like, Little monkeys, own... I think. No, orangutans are Asia. You fucking killed Joey. <laughs> Don't dazzle us well, with your facts. Well, there may be that, that maybe they are the fucking apes of yeah. America's. Yeah, this, yeah sorry, is, go on. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Into man apes now, you know. Maybe yeah, maybe the way the surroundings has evolved them in a completely different way. So you've got your gorillas that went gorilla-like, yeah. and your ones that went a bit more upright humanoid wouldn't you be finding the bones of these animals maybe they're very very fucking good at disposing of their dead how deep into the the bones of the dead well how deep into the jungle are we at this point we don't know this is this area now inhabited is it still jungle how many people go in there on a regular basis is this a lost tribe of Neanderthals is also another question you've got to ask Mm -hmm. You know, do you reckon Chester? Or, or a missing link? <laughs> yeah, possibly, possibly the missing link. The cat's looking at me funny, so I think he's got something to say on the matter. He's trying to do his soul. Apparently, there is no missing link. Oh. Apparently, I think that's a myth. Has that been filmed, or was it just a Yeah, we, we know how we transition. Yeah, I don't think there is a missing link. Well, it seems quite obvious by this point that Fawcett did not regard what he glimpsed as human beings. This was perhaps all odd enough as it was. But then it got even more bizarre that evening at dusk when the forest suddenly came alive with the sounds of what seemed to be braying horns from out in the distant dark. The expedition members, and we're still talking, we're probably talking like, what, five, six guys tops? Yeah. Mm. With locals. With a couple of locals, or probably like three three or four Europeans and and maybe four or five locals to carry the stuff Mm. with some mules and probably a couple of dogs. And the expedition members are immediately on alert as they instinctively knew this was an aggressive sound issued forth of the promise of threat, and force it was right of these horns and what followed, we'll quote him, in the subdued light of evening, beneath the high vault of branches in this forest untrodden by civilised man, the sound was as eerie as the opening notes of some fantastic opera. We know the savages made it, that these savages were now on our trail. Soon we could hear shouts and jabbering to the accompaniment of rough horn calls, a barbarous, merciless din, in marked contract to the stealth of the ordinary savage. Darkness still distant above the treetops was settling rapidly down here in the depths of the wood, so we looked about us for a camping site which offered some measure of safety from attack and finally took refuge in a Takora thicket. Here the naked savages would not dare to follow because of the wicked inch-long thorns. (laughs) As we slung our hammocks inside the natural stockade, we could hear the savages jabbering excitedly all around but not daring to enter. Then, as the last light went, they left us, and we heard no more of them. Probably taking the piss out of them. Look at these lot sleeping in the thorns. They were only going to come and, like, show them how to survive out here. I don't know. The, <laughs> the horns blaring suggests that they're trying to freak you, trying to scare you off, doesn't it? thing saying it's eight men that made these noises, though, is it? This could just be human Which could tribes. be locals, yeah. couldn't it? I thought they were right in the thick of it, you know. Well, in all fairness... He doesn't specify in that scenario whether they are the eight men that you saw earlier, but I think there is, it's assumed that they are. He, d- he mentions it was unlike your normal savages kind yeah. of thing, wasn't it? 
you know, the savages, fucking hell. It's definite 1920s speak. 1914. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> it is an eerie image, to be sure, this solitary camp of bedraggled explorers, terrified by the sight of hairy men, and now harassed by these mysterious horns in the night, punctuated by the chattering of some rough alien language, and it was still not over for them. The next morning, the team warily checked their surroundings and could find no sign of the savages having intruded into the vicinity. They continued along one of the well-delineated trails that they were finding and camped once again, that evening without incident. The next morning, they struck out from the camp and within just about a mile, stumbled across what seems to have been the actual village of the strange tribe. That's not where you want to end up, is it? Like, oh, shit. Populated by creatures who are obviously not exactly human. Fawcett, rather spectacularly, describes what happened. I'm surprised they've not made a movie about this. They have, actually. Have they? Yes. I think it was... I only found out about this last night when I was speaking to my housemate about today's episode, like what we were doing, and he said, oh, I watched a film about that. I think it was on Amazon Prime. Charlie Hunnam's in it, isn't he? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, fuck me, I didn't know that. Lost City of Z. Z, yeah. yeah. There's no man apes in it. No man apes. No, God I don't remember. I always think this is more like the film, the film Congo. Have you seen Congo? Yeah. With the intelligent ape species. Well, the, it was the the, the, the the psychotic intelligence. Yeah, the one that species. could sign to them, couldn't she? She could do sign language. That Talk, one essentially, couldn't she? And then there was the the grey gorillas who were like. They were yeah. a bit more evolved, but they were mm. really vicious. Oh, that was it, because the girl, the, the little gorilla kept on drawing pictures of grey gorillas and, her, and like the thought, city in the woods, she? Her name and Amy she could sign, and the glove spoke when she signed. Amy, it? I'm sure. Amy, Amy was. was it. I've read the book. The books are a mm. lot better than the film. Normally are. But the film is, because Michael Crichton. We went to the cinema to watch it. We did it. watch it. It's quite a good movie, though. Michael Christian, Michael Crichton, Michael Crichton. Crichton. Michael Crichton. Yeah, good film. I like the film. But um, the the book is is far superior because the uh, gorillas don't just so savage you. They have these stone paddles they crush your skull with. Mm. That's how they kill you mm. in that. As well as obviously ripping your limb from limb, they like to use these stone paddles to squash your skull. Just for added effect. Just for added effect. Fawcett describes what happens next. In the morning, we went on, and with a quarter of a mile, came to a sort of palm leaf sentry box. Then another. Then all of a sudden we reached open forest. The undergrowth fell away, disclosing between the tree boles a village of primitive shelters where squatted some of the most villainous savages I have ever seen. <laughs> some were engaged in making arrows, others just idled, great ape-like brutes who looked as if they had been scarcely evolved beyond the level of beasts. I think there's a bit of racism going on in here. Well, it's 1914. <laughs> I know, yeah. Villainous, that's a bit rough. I know, yeah. I whistled, and an enormous creature, hairy as a dog, leapt to his feet in the nearest shelter, fitted an arrow to his bow in a flash, and came up dancing from one leg to the other until he was only four yards away. Emitting grunts that sounded like, Oog! 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 He remained there dancing, and suddenly the whole forest around us was alive with these hideous ape men, all grunting, Oog! 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 And dancing from leg to leg in the same way as they strung arrows to their bows. It looked like a very delicate situation for us, and I wondered if it was the end. I made friendly overtures in Maxuby, and they paid no attention, as those of human speech were beyond their powers of comprehension. The creature in front of me ceased his dance, stood for a moment perfectly still, and then drew his bowstring back till it was level with his ear. 
at the same time rising the barbed point of the six foot long arrow to the height of my chest. I looked straight into the pig-like eyes, half hidden <laughs> under the overhanging brows, and knew immediately that he was not going to lose that arrow yet. As deliberately as he had raised it, he now lowered the bow and commenced once and off the slow dance and the ugh, ugh, ugh. Balls of fucking steel, though, balls, Addy. Mm. Some well, Bigfoot's got a bow and arrow pointed at your chest, and he's like looking at him, like, "You're not gonna pull that bow." <laughs> I didn't think his, his top lip looked a bit shiny. Mm. It's definitely made of fucking steel or something, isn't it? <laughs> he's, he's got one stiff upper lip. He has. That's very true. He's just there, like, right? That's it. Just brace yourself. Brace yourself. You won't pull. You won't release that arrow, eat man. <sighs> oh. I understand what you're thinking there. I can hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Like, my God, this is racist as fuck. It is. That's what it is. It was his pick. Racist. It was his pick. I want to point out, as with anything, you have to look at it as the zeitgeist of the time. What, when you're reading anything historical, yes, it's racist. Yes, it's homophobic. Yes, it's it's anythingist you want it to be. But you have to look at it from the perspective of the person writing it. Yeah, this the, was their the way of speaking. Views at the time, wasn't it? This is the words they used. And I apologise if anyone's offended, obviously, but I'm reading it verbatim from his quote. Yeah. And, you know, you have to look at it from the perspective of the person writing it at the time, basically. Views, we, our, like views change, morals yeah. change. But that also brings into question whether they really were eight men and not just... Fairly hairy humans. But yeah, that, that's the only question. His racism it's the is saying, oh, they can't be human. It's the Look hairiness of them. Though, yes, but he didn't have an issue describing, he described the other tribes as human. Do we met? Yeah, but these are obviously a bit less, more primitive. and So his, his racism then, is, is... What about the hooded eyes and the oh, sloping heads? Yeah, only a hundred years ago. The right? other guys weren't hairy, he could, these guys are. He's, they've got, he's got some locals with him as well. He could be you know? accentuating them. Obviously, he's Traits, got locals who are obviously also interpreting what's going on and what the air, what the area holds. Yeah, and if there's a tribe who hates that other tribe, yeah. then they they're going to be but how, they're going to denigrate that tribe, aren't they? How do you then describe these eight, nine, ten foot tall? Well, that's I'm not saying about men. that. These are, at the moment aren't are they? These yeah. are sort of human sized. I'm he's, guessing he hasn't mentioned. He the hasn't height. mentioned size on these ones. No, he has mentioned. He the says fact that hairy, hairy men. Is so, what he says. But big brutish like, not mm, like, yeah. not far off from the beasts or some you know I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but so they're big they're obviously big unit blokes like yeah. he's got a six foot fucking arrow that he's So he's gonna have a, he's gonna have at least a six he's foot got, bow. He's got to be fairly big, this guy. It could be, but I'm just saying it could also be that And or he some could of be over accentuating yeah. the no. facts. Well he's got also we've got to look at it also he's yeah, a, exactly. I mean he wants to you know, he doesn't want it to be he a wants, failure, does it? No. His, his expedition, he wants to come out with something. He's a yeah, famous explorer. You know, yeah. he has to do something. He thought he can write books about it and the real Royal Geographic Society will send him out on more stuff. There you go. thing is, though, what he is talking about isn't unbelievable in the sense that there has been lots of other reports of very similar things. So... Up to nowadays, so there, there, there could be truth in this, certainly. I also want to point out that Fawcett claimed on one of his journeys, in his journals, on one of his expeditions, was shot a 60 foot anaconda. 
there was laughter at the time. Mm. So snakes don't get that big. Well, they now we do. know that they do. They do. Apparently, yeah. he just fucking he was going up a tree and he just hit bang and shot it in the head. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. He seems like that kind of fucking guy. <laughs> He's like, well, I'd rather take that out before it takes us out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think at the moment, Claire? I think it sounds plausible. Mm. You know. I'd... What do you think? There's validity to it. Yeah. Mm, I'm very sceptical. I mean, remember that we are, like, we're talking, it's 1914. This area is completely unexplored by, well, maybe explored by the Portuguese in the 15th century. That's where we get, 17th century, sorry. That's where we get the account of the lost city of Zed from, this Portuguese explorer. Mm. Fawcett found this in, a, in the library archives in Portugal. Sorry, in Brazil. So this is where he gets the idea mm. from, to looking for this city. No one's been there for two centuries. Mm. You know, he's going deeper than the other guy because the other guy came back. Yeah. Or was he just really lucky? But he claims these, these natives told him tales of this lost city of Zed amongst us, which if you want to go further down a rabbit hole, may or may not be the capital of Atlantis. We'll talk about that at the end. <laughs> this brutish ape man allegedly continues to do this several more times, aiming the bow only continue with his odd disjointed dance and then aim it again. However, Fawcett seemed to know that any point the arrow could unleash and his hand was firmly kept upon the butt of his pistol as he took in the whole outlandish scene. At some point Fawcett says he began to seriously fear for his life and decided to try scaring it off with his sidearm, shooting off a realm that pinged the earth by the beast's feet and sent a thunderous boom echoing through the jungle. He says of this sequence of events, and I'll quote him, I drew out a Mauser pistol I had on my hip. It was a big clumsy thing of a calibre unsuitable to forest use, but I bought it because by clipping the wooden holsters of the pistol butt, it became a carbine that was lighter to carry than a true rifle. Well, what does that mean? Right, the Mauser pistol is called the broom handle Mauser because it looks like a broom handle. Mm. It's a big clunky pistol, but it fires a .38 round, which at the time was a fairly big cartridge. And because it's quite clunky, it comes in the case, which you buy it with, mm. a wooden shoulder stock, which you can clip to the back of the pistol and turn it into basically a very tight a little, neat rifle. little rifle. Ah. Yeah. A carbine, a smaller rifle. That was one well, of his big selling well points. <laughs> I'm that much of a sado at times, you know, I, I've watched a documentary on the Mauser pistol, amongst <laughs> others. Gunsmithing kind of uh, fascinates me. Because of their long barrels, though, they were really accurate. That was the beauty of them. Well, look at a picture of the Mauser yeah, pistol. If we them. can find one, Mike, you can Google that quick, can you? So, yeah, the, we've just looked at it. I've shown the guys what a Mauser pistol is. You can go and find that. Think, if you're really struggling, Han Solo's pistol in the original Star Wars trilogy it's basically a Mauser, yeah, but it yeah. fires lasers. They there probably used a decommissioned lamp Mauser for it. Probably they? did. And the reason they put the stock with it is because it's got a very big calibre. Kick, didn't it's, it? It's yeah, heavy yeah. and it's got a kick, so you put a stock in it. You can use it how you it, want. It would have had a kick like a four, Magnum. Yeah. 4.2 four Magnum. Yeah. Is it the 4.2 Magnum? 4.44. That's it, the 4.44 Magnum, isn't it? The 4.44 Magnum. Oh, that's a, that's a big kick like that. You too much on there. Yes, but yeah, yeah, so he used 0.38 black powder shells which made a din out of all proportion to their size. I never raised it, I just pulled the trigger and banged it off into the ground at the ape man's feet. The effect was instantaneous. A look of complete amazement came into the hideous face and the little eyes opened wide. 
He dropped his bow and arrow and sprang away as quickly as a cat to vanish behind a tree. Then the arrows began to fly. We shot off a few more rounds as the branches, hoping the noise would scare the savages into a more receptive frame of mind. But they seemed in no way disposed to accept us. And before anyone was hurt, we gave up as hopeless and retreated down the trail till the camp was out of sight. We were not followed, but the clamour in the village continued for a long time as we shook off northwards, and we fancied we still heard the oog, oog, oog of the enraged, enraged braves. See, in all fairness, if it's all true, they probably would have never have encountered gunfire before, would they? No. no. So that would have been like, what the fuck? It's just the whole sail to my boomstick. Mm. Yeah, but there it? would have been human tribes that hadn't been exposed to the, the gunshot as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, but he's not... Well, yeah, totally, yeah. Not just not, no one in this jungle, or very few yeah, people yeah. in this jungle have heard a firearm go off, because these guys aren't discharging firearms willy-nilly. No. You've only got a finite amount of rounds that you can carry. He might only have, like, four or five magazines worth of rounds. Mm. You're not just going to start expending shells just for the hell of it, just to, just to impress the natives, are you? Were they, were they like a ball shop then? then no, those were, they were actually That was rounds. a lead bullet. This is black powder at charging that, so I'm not assuming it was a bit more power behind it. Bloody mm. hell. Yeah, they would have been really Obviously powerful. would have been really smoky when he fired it. That would have probably been <laughs> the most powerful pistol you could get at the time, I would have thought. The, I don't know, the Webley revolver the Brits used was pretty powerful. To quote, and obviously I don't agree with the name that it was given by British colonial officers, as the Savage Stopper. Mm. Oh. It would put a guy rushing at you with a spear down with a round. Uh, they used to use the dum-dum bullets with the flatheads. Saying that some They're of illegal now, you can't use them anymore. Some of the cowboy pistols were pretty fucking... 45, yeah. Peacemaker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we're getting onto a sidetrack. Yeah, yeah. But this account may seem to be completely sensational to the point that it might be easy for the more sceptical-minded to dismiss it out of hand. But there are a few reasons why it has warrant and deserves consideration. And the first being that this was not likely some fictional story. Force it was telling. It was part of his very serious and typically meticulous notes on his expedition. And sitting there right amongst more mundane observations of the wildlife and region's peoples. He was a concert professional and member of the Royal Geographical Society who funded these expeditions. Your reputation's on the line if you're forced yeah. it. If yeah. you go into the jungle and come back with fanciful tales... Yeah, you're going to get laughed at. They're going to go, well, that's not right. right. He yeah. was laughed at when he said about the 60-foot anaconda. Mm. He was proved right, eventually, by science. But, you know, they were like, oh, that's ridiculous. Pop, 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 You know? But the more fantastical stuff you come back with, the less they're really going to fucking likely to give you any more money, isn't it? They're, they're a serious society. Mm. They want to map the world. This is their thing. Remember, Britain at this point, global, we're a global empire, and we want to expand that, especially South America, where we don't have much. So, you know, we can find some resources in that jungle that we can use, all of a sudden it becomes a lot more interesting to us, doesn't it? Maybe he's... I'm going back to the racist thing here. Maybe the use of ape men didn't mean what we think it means, it just means more primitive humans. I think you have to also look a like term. Guys who went into Livingston and company who went well, Livingston who went into the deepest, darkest depths of the the jungles in Africa didn't mm-hmm. use terms like ape men. No. You know the guys who didn't like maybe he's proper racist as well. <laughs> 
I think he's got a. I think. Well, I I won't disagree like a hundred percent with you that yeah, there's definitely an element of racism here. Yeah, I think we can all agree to that, can't we, Claire? Yeah, because guaranteed he would have been racist yeah. to, because the rest of the day, the attitude of the time. Yeah, yeah. So he might be a, a little bit more scathing in his interpretation of, his, of these these individuals who he's encountered. I also think that. He's there to map this place and do a good job so he can get the money to go back because this is something he seems to really love. Can I make one little point quickly mm. at the same time as well? You've got to remember, he's an adventurer. Mm-hmm. He has encountered many, 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 many multiple cultures throughout his life of venturing, so it's not like it's unusual to him to come across a tribe of black people, things like that. That's not an unusual thing to him. No, he's he's, so, made, he's, he's encountered the other tribes on the way. And they've all right. So they've, 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 they've he's not he's not he's not described any other any others as mm. savages and things like that because they've been quite primitive or whatever. But these ones, he seems to have a. So there is there is an element of that as well. I think you've got to take into account. He's, okay, he's yeah. not a one-time guy, is he? He's not someone who's just no. come across this perchance. No, he's, he's a proper explorer who's who's done his stuff. He's been probably all around the bloody world by this. Point. South yeah, America's his, his place. He likes South America. You know, it's he's going to go there. He's going to do it. Why are you coming back and? Or why would you make it up? It doesn't make. And in them days, you wouldn't have made up things you, like you, that because you would get laughed at even more so than nowadays because they believed they were all fucking godly men. And mm. Well, he made meticulous notes of it. There's this right amongst mundane observations of the wildlife and the peoples. There's this story of these yeah. ape-like men, which is... He's there writing meticulous notes. It's all normal, 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 normal. Crazy! Normal, 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 normal. Didn't he bring back the head of the anaconda then? I didn't. He just, he obviously had to claim, this is is his story, I shot this giant 60-foot anaconda. It's probably too fucking big. And they were like, oh, really? They don't get that big. You're no gonna, snake can be that big. You're not going to stuff a fucking 60-foot anaconda s- snake in your backpack when you're in that kind of yeah, scenario. That's still a hefty, That's hefty a hefty size head, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that could be 10 kilos extra you've got to carry. for. It, and that, I'm thinking of a very small size for probably what it would be if it was 60-foot. 60-foot anaconda, man. Its head's got to be fucking... In its proportion, it? its head's going to be taking up most of this bloody room, in all fairness. You've already <laughs> shot it. You might as well, you know, check it for... Did he say so he killed it, it though? Eat it. Yeah, he killed, killed it. Killed it. I met yeah. it well, ate the rest and then took the head home. Like a bit of snake meat. <laughs> <laughs> think no one's that bad, Mike. Do you know what? Yeah. That's why, is that why you're banned from the reptile enclosure of the zoo? <laughs> 60 foot snake, man, that would get some good yeah. meat off it, oh, wouldn't it? Steaks. So you would. If you killed if you killed one, you would be chomping down, definitely. It's meant to be quite lean, isn't it? Lovely snake is. It, take, yeah. it does no, taste a bit it. like it chicken. Is. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like chicken. People say that. It genuinely white meat is. I've had shark, which is again a lot like chicken. Chicken of the sea. <laughs> shark. You go and tell a shark it's a chicken of the sea, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> chicken of the cave. That's nice. Cro- crocodile. That's <laughs> bad. Crocodile is like a porky chicken. It really is. It, again, it, there's so many of those. Yeah, they're all like bloody chicken. Mm. So that's the pig of the sea. <laughs> pig of the waters. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's just Ben's mum, it's an Oh! Ooh. Ooh. Low 
blow with a monster. <laughs> You're ass, I'm telling you. Your, mama, your mama's so fat, every time she turns around, it's her birthday. You've got to get a your mama joke in there. <laughs> your mama's so fat, she fell down the stairs and people thought EastEnders were starting. <laughs> when you were a baby, you were so ugly, your mama had to feed you with a slingshot. <laughs> I forgot when you were a baby reply. <laughs> you were so fat and I have to roll in and fly when I'm on a fucker to find the wet spot. <laughs> oh, oh well, enough of that. Open wide. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> enough of that. That's got us banned from YouTube. Yeah. Fawcett has been accused of having perhaps exaggerated his dealings with the natives and in this case made them out to be hairy, brutes and some racist agenda. But if that were the case, then why are there other records of his dealings with locals that are completely accurate in their depiction of their appearance and behaviour? Exactly that kind of what I yeah. said then. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It is somewhat true that Fawcett was known to have some strong opinions on the more primitive tribes, yeah, yeah. but he seems to have never let it compromise the matter-of-fact way in which he recorded the people themselves. Sanderson, as much to say of an aspect of the journal entries, writing, he, Fawcett, was not an ethnologist, anthropologist or archaeologist but it was with these disciplines that he clashed and it was towards the protagonists of the first and he most often expressed himself as feeling most bitter. In his extensive travels through hitherto unexplored territories he discovered many groups of people the first time, lived with them, often acquired not a little of their language, recorded what of their customs he could and attempted some classification of their origins. Much of this all conflicted with established beliefs among ethnologists and Fawcett's historical records, Fawcett, sorry, were at complete variance with what was then and still is accepted. Yet while these theories were strongly criticised, the veracity of the facts he collected were never questioned. It was his assessment of them that was considered invalid. So what he's saying is basically, he lived with these people. He wasn't a, 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 a trained in these disciplines. But he still did them. Mm. He just wasn't very knowledgeable about them. But he basically did the job. Because he's a gentleman explorer, damn it. <laughs> and that's what we did. We travelled the world nicking stuff. Pretending we were making friends. <laughs> <laughs> gentleman explorers, the British Empire went around nicking stuff. <laughs> and discovering lots of things. But also nicking stuff. Which I kind of like. Finders keepers, motherfucker. Well, they come, they come back with all sorts of bugs, don't they? And yeah. You know. They come back with some turtles if they had an atom all on the way home. Butterflies. <laughs> and they put them in, you know, display cases so they could share what they've got with the society when they get back, didn't they? That's it. Now, this puts his account of the hairy maracoxes, the Bigfoots, in an entirely different light quite apart from the fact that his word was never doubted, that he had two reliable witnesses, and that what he saw was both before and afterwards confirmed by others, and the reports relayed to him by several people, described exactly what he had seen. We are therefore compelled to account, accept this report in total, and this means simply that in the year 1914 they were living to the northwest of the Parasis Range in the Mato Grasso, what were apparently tribal groups of fully-haired hominids, of grossly primitive aspect and in no possible way descended from or related to the Ameri-Indian Aborigines of the Americas. So has anyone been that 
Mind them ways to have a look since. Well, this is the thing. I mean, we still don't really know how deep people have gone into this nowadays because sometimes they they, they still don't like really go into the deepest forest. Planes fly over, or helicopters fly over, and take pictures of these villages they've never found before, and get an arrow stuck in them for... (laughs) You need special permissions as well from the local government to go into Mm. these places. You go in there nowadays, Claire, and you've got a bit of a sniffle, Mm. or a bit of a fever, or whatever, kill the entire tribe. It's not even that... there's the protected and well, private like, and all sorts nowadays. It's so. like the island we took, we did the episode on, yeah, what was it called? Yeah. Central Island. North Central yeah. Island. Yeah. You know, you still got tribes. There's probably still tribes like that out there that we don't know about now. Isn't deep in the forest mm-hmm. really good at evading us as we do encroach slightly in? There's cannibal tribes in Papua New Guinea, isn't there? The was. I don't think they are now. Oh, I believe there's some in Telford too. <laughs> <laughs> Brexit Britain. <laughs> We're not eating the dead yet. It's not like the siege of Leningrad, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let the snow. <laughs> now, while Sanderson may seem perhaps too quick to buy the whole tale, it certainly is an account that stands out amongst Fawcett's writings, and which ultimately leaves more questions and answers. What did Fawcett and his fellow expedition members encounter out there in that jungle? Were these indeed the legendary Maracoxi or something else? It is truly unfortunate that, considering that Fawcett was not particularly interested in following up on it, and seems to have considered it mostly an obstacle and oddity. (laughs) He never did make any effort to find out what they were, and the creatures of his account just sort of fade into the background to remain perplexing enigmas. Did these creatures really exist the way that Fawcett described them? And if so, were they and how did they fit into the Maricoxie legend? The answer may forever remain hidden out there in that forbidden jungle lair. They may have ingested something that made them hallucinate. That's a possibility. possibility? But they've got locals with you who would tell you what you can (laughs) and can't eat. Or maybe they just fed Yeah, just eat that that spider. For a laugh. (laughs) Lick lick that toad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, possibly that was a bit of a hazing thing. Well, you know what? That's one of the things we'll never know. Yeah. The, the other thing as well is the... Um... Weed hole. Uh... <laughs> he's gone, he's gone. He's fell, he's <laughs> fell into it. Ha- Where's had, your rope now, I Pete? It. I had it. Where's your magic Let rope now? Disappeared. <laughs> um, it's plausible, I think, mm. you know, there could be some sort of uh, like hairy humanoid, human, humanoid, uh, humanoid, <laughs> human like tribe. Uh, I've, I've remembered my point now, anyway. So, on. do you believe that the creatures were there? Yes, possibly, right. So maybe, possibly. So <laughs> right. what you've got. Was <laughs> right. this your entire point, Pete? Do I have to fucking uh, take a seat? No, Move no. my feet up a little bit? No. <laughs> I, I was joking aside. Basically, the re- he asks why he never focused on them. He never went back there, things like mm. that. Perhaps he was a bit terrified and he never wanted to go back. No, he's never wanted, but never wanted to admit it, being a fucking stiff upper lip. Well, if, you've had a, if you've had a bow and arrow pointed at you repeatedly... And you're thinking... Well, he said they had to retreat. He did say, like, oh, he, he said I knew he wasn't going to put it, but at some point you're going to go, am I wrong? <laughs> well, <laughs> after he shot his gun, 
he did have arrows come his way, didn't they? Yeah. So, and they retreated. So maybe he was a little bit frightened of it. Never well, really wanted to admit that. You don't so want to let it sink in the background. You don't want a running battle with a tribe when there's like six of you with limited ammunition, do no. you? No. So what it's not in options? your best interest to go out there and start trying to start fights, is yeah. it? What were his options? Take back a fucking platoon, just in case it goes wrong, and then he wipe them out. That's not a good option for him. Go back as you are. That's not a good option for him because it didn't end well the well, first time. So you just you just forget about it. Thing is, you, you've met like four or five tribes on the way that have encou- you've encountered friendly. You've lived with them for a few days and moved on. And then you come across a hostile tribe that you've you know, you've had to resort to firing around into the into the, into the floor into the ground. You know, you're like, well, you know what? Maybe we won't go back there because yeah. we can't afford to have any of us injured out here. Yeah, and I th- I do think maybe it was all put put in the on the back burner purely because it was never really spoken about because he never wanted to admit. Oh, I'm a bit afraid to go back there, to be honest, mate. He's <laughs> outnumbered yeah, as well, you know. And, mm. You know, he's gentleman He's not there to start fights. No, he's there totally. to discover. Yeah, mm. they, they obviously didn't want to make friends. Leave them fucking be. Yeah, that's it, yeah. That, that was maybe... We can't afford to be injured out here. I can't yeah. afford to get an arrow through the chest or the leg waste, or whatever. It's... I ain't wasting my life. I've gone back to the last tribe that we that, they, that they'd stayed at, yeah, yeah. and asked... In that fucking yeah, they, they talked about it and they said that they were good hunters, but what else was it? Oh, yeah. They eat the cannibals. Yeah. They'll eat you. Oh, so they knew about yeah, yeah. They knew about them as well, yeah. So, um, it's quite plausible. It's, I think it's really plausible. I'm more sceptical than you lot then, I'm afraid. I don't see what reason he has to really lie. I mean, he's, he wants... I think he had a jungle fever. What, all, all of them at the same time? Yeah. Licking water, toads, li- licking toads, whatever. But why would you, what, what you wouldn't all this? have the same trip though, would you? You'd all have completely different. Remember, memories trip. are memories are weird. If one person's memory of it's stronger, he keeps saying what happened. Now their memory will adapt to that in that state. Yeah, he kept going about his hairy man. He was a bit unsure, and then they like they come along to the idea. Perhaps. Maybe we don't know. Do no, we, we don't know. They, he died how many years ago? 1925. Well, we don't actually know when he died. 1925, he went missing. But we do have his head. No, we allegedly have his head. Mm. One of the tribes in the region claimed that they'd killed him and they produced his bones as evidence. What year did he go missing? 1925. Is this when he went back after the yeah. First World after War? after the First World War. He went back, he got funding, he went back to look for the city. He claimed to have seen many remarkable sights, including the giant anaconda, toothless freshwater sharks and dogs with double noses, which were... <laughs> Actually, there are there's a species of canine who live in the jungle that have a split in their nose. Oh. It looks like two noses. I checked that out. Mm, interesting. Now, in 1925, he disappeared while searching for the lost city of Zed in circumstances that remain a mystery to this day. Some assume the party had been killed by Indians, but rumours persist that Fawcett had gone native and lived out his life as the chief as a cannibal, chief of a cannibal tribe. No, I can't see or, that. He'd yeah. gone full apocalypse now. It's fantastic. He went back <laughs> and they yeah. killed him. The horror. No, no, they took him in. As the, the horror. Chief of the, the cannibal horror. tribe. I reckon they went back a with, a small, with a small crew again, <laughs> thinking I'll try again. He went back with six people the second time. Yeah, he went no, back. No, well, again. He had two sons. One of them came with him. None of them came back. Yeah, he went to try again, and they got fucking killed by him. There's three no, Europeans. They warned you twelve years ago, you bastards. You've come There's, back. You're dead this time. There was three Europeans and three native guys, 
and a couple of mules and some dogs. None of them came back. One of the tribes said they killed him, produced his bones as evidence. Apparently this was discounted later on to DNA. Mm -hmm. There's the shrunken head, which we, we can see there in that picture. You go and look at this. Listen to Colonel Fawcett's Fawcett is spelt F-A-W-C-E-T-T. Looks like that off Beetlejuice, doesn't it? Yeah. Apparently it bears a resemblance to him. That's the other shrunken head. <laughs> That's not the one we're looking for. You just scrolled across. This is not the shrunken head you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he go full apocalypse now? I see a snail crawling along the razor's edge. The horror. Never watched it. Oh. Oh my god. Oh. It's a classic. How long it's is brilliant. extended cut? Three and a half hours? Something like that. Oh, it's worth it though. I don't know, the, the French bit is a bit too much. Yeah, it's, I suppose the French bit sucks a little bit. Is that in the extended version? Yeah. yeah. Maybe stick with the normal cut. I'd have took him some chocolate back, I would have. That would have won him round. Well, one of the reasons they think he might have been killed is because they were, they were going down the river in a canoe and you had to bring gifts for the for the natives. That was like a bit of a custom thing. That's how you got, got their trust. Mm. You brought them gifts. And they lost the gifts in the river because of this mm. canoe accident. Oh. So when they got to the next village, they're like, we just lost our gifts. We've got nothing to give you. They killed them. Oh. <laughs> Rough. Mm. Wouldn't surprise me because there was a lot of hostile natives around those areas. So... It's custom, isn't it, I suppose? You can give a gift if you want to come in. You don't follow custom. There's no laws out there other than, we kill you, motherfucker. You've broken tradition, therefore you're hostile to us. There you go, I don't know how it works. So we all think it's a bit likely, but I'm a bit more pessimistic yeah, than I did. Yeah, I think it's likely. I, 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 these guys went in there with a genuine quest for knowledge, especially yeah. people like Fawcett. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's more likely than Sasquatch. I'm going to go oh, to yeah, it's yeah. more like in that no, Bigfoot Hunters episode Pete made us watch. It's warmer and I think, you know, you could live outside, you know. You need to watch that whole series to understand it and get the whole thing of that. Still defending that series. <laughs> yeah, I am. Right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're well done for it then. Yeah, mm. yeah, more like the Sasquatch. Right, off to find the Lost City of Z then. That, 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 that's our next one after Canic Chase. <laughs> yeah. We'll do Canic Chase yeah. first. Start with Canic Chase, that's local. Up. Yeah. It's our warm up. And we'll then we'll go off to find City Lost of Z. City of Z. Yeah. Mm. We're on it, guys, don't you worry. Right, should I some <laughs> fucked up facts before we finish? Yeah. Team tune, please. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, facts. 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 Alright, Mike, here's some fucked up facts. On average, being single costs £860 more a month than being partnered. Of course it does, you split the bills. Yeah. <sighs> mm. It's a lot though, isn't it? It's a lot yeah. though, yeah, I didn't think it was that much, but... I can kind of vouch for this, mm. because I've just gone from a, ha a family, like wife and two kids, to being on my own, but still having to have a three-bedroom house, because... My kids need to come over and that. And yeah, and I'm fucking skint all the time. And yeah, and it, it just, all of my money goes on living now. Mm. So yeah, I can it's, understand. It's wholly that. unfair though, isn't it? Yeah. Why should it be like that? Shit in it, but hey mm -hmm. ho. Yeah. Stiff up a lip. Yeah. 
Never mind, I could be eating animal poo. Like this toilet shaped carnivorous plant. I've heard of this, yeah. Ooh, that's nice. We're looking at a picture of the plant. It does look like a toilet indeed, yep. Mm-hmm. And it literally does ask, it, it, it feeds off animal poop. That's yep. exactly it, it's weird, but it's actually shaped like that as well. Strange. Well, Brexit Britain hasn't hit that point yet. Mm. We're not eating animal we're not cutting into cow dung yet. I like how you say I'm not, yet. I'm not <laughs> digging through the kitty uh, with my hands, bare hands to get Undigested scraps of food. We're not at that stage yet in Britain. Yet. Yet. (laughs) Another couple of months. (laughs) Michael Gove said we could all rubbish through the skips if we wanted. He did. Did he? Yeah. We are to now. If it got really bad, yeah, we could all rubbish through the skips. We all get charged for stealing. Oh, that's nice. He literally said that in a in a in a interview. That's nice of him, isn't it? Unbelievable, isn't it? No, we all let people rubbish through the skips. Can you imagine him? On his hands and knees, rummaging through a skit. Only for cocaine. <laughs> allegedly. Or ass. You know what? I'm going to retract that allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on it. Of course it's they right are. in the bloody toilet. Yeah. Yeah, why wasn't that investigated? You told me. Why didn't the police have sniffer dogs in there immediately? They should have Check everybody. Yeah. Check everybody. They should have sniffer dogs going in and out there anyway that smells... They don't want it, do they? Because they want to continue doing coke. I don't know if they they can do bombs and drugs. I think a dog specialises in one. You'd have one for drugs. One for drugs, one for bombs. You'd have one for drugs, one for bombs. They They don't want to stop having their fun. No, of course they don't. It's a free bar! What else do they want? I thought it was just subsidised. Heavily subsidised. I bet you it's... Nice of Lords get... Free champagne, aren't they? They get, I think they get like through three hundred quid's worth of booze a day in the Ursa Lords, or three hundred pound bottles of wine in the Ursa Lords. I'm in the wrong job. And these people are millionaires. Yeah. They yeah. don't need it, and we get shit all help. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? God, I'd love to end up in the Ursa Lords one day. We get free water. Oh, oh, shit, mate. Should shouldn't exist. No, I don't agree with it. Oh, if you agree with it if you're in there, <laughs> <don't> you can <laughs> typical politician in here. You'll you can send us down the fucking river as fast as you can. You can be Lord Carter if you yeah. want to be like it just have a nice ring to it. And you get free alcohol. Yes, I'll do it! <laughs> Obviously I'm gonna use my powers for good. Oh, yeah. That's what they all say. Mm. Yeah, but you can trust me. Uh, That's what they all say. I'm one of you. That's, That's what, what they all say. <laughs> I am, I'm working a fact, I'm working a warehouse. That's what they all say. <laughs> My forklift driver, come on. I'm going to be dressed up. You'll be forklift driving when you're a lord, will you? No, yeah, I was looking if I could do it. Well, you know. you fuck. He'll have his own forklift to drive around in his back garden <laughs> pretending he's still working. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still normal. I'm still normal. I'm still normal. Look, I'm still driving forklift. Think of the PR shoots I could do where I go and visit, like, dot workers and <laughs> yeah. shit. He still uses the forklift though to pick up his fucking pallets of gold wine. <laughs> yeah, pallets of wine and beer, gold and champagne for when he the guests come. Moves his gold bullion around. <laughs> hey, I can move my own gold bullion around. I don't need to hire someone to do it. I have my own forklift and it's made of gold bullion. <laughs> That's what the counterweight is. <laughs> so I hid my lamp on reserve stash. The counterweight in the forklift. Is my Lamborghini forklift. <laughs> you crypto fascist. <laughs> no, he, he, he uses bitcoins as the counterweight. I can't use bitcoins on physical things, are they? Yeah, there are physical versions of them. Oh yes, there are. You're right. They do send yeah. them to you if you if you pay. Yeah. 
Well, okay. I was just saying, I wouldn't mind ending up there now one day. You can't tell you wouldn't want that lifestyle. What I thought. Pay extra for a Bitcoin, for the actual coin coin. I don't know, to be honest. I've no idea. I, don't, I know you, you can't get to be minted, I guess. I don't know. I've no idea. Go on then, Mike. Next one. Does anyone know the, where the term white elephant comes from? No, I don't, actually. Is it something about oh, white yeah. animals being like dodgy, like Moby Dick was a white whale? No, it's actually about white elephants. Oh, right. They're really rare. Yeah, they are, yeah. There we go. And because they were sacred, oh. so they couldn't work. So you had to house them and feed them, but you couldn't put them to work. So the King of Siam would give people white elephants as gifts. Yeah. So it's not a gift, though, is it? No, it's a, it's a burden. <laughs> yeah. That's what the term white elephant... Yeah. Oh, no way. So he's like, oh, man, I've got 20 white yeah. elephants, man. It cost me a fortune. Hey, you. Expensive burden. Here you go. Elephant. Have a present. Can't work that elephant though, by the way. Yeah. Why, why couldn't they just set them free, you know? They're sacred. Yeah. Yes, I don't think You have to feed and house them. I'd rather be given a sacred cow. They're a bit cheaper. They can just mm. sit and munch some grass. Yeah. Get a bit of milk. And get some Excuse get me. some holy milk. Mm. Holy milk. In 2017, the Indian government instituted a new law banning the sale of alcohol within 500 metres of a highway. Some bars added mazes in front so that patrons had to travel at least 500 metres to get to the bar. <laughs> Genius. And presumably get out again. Mm. Oh, imagine oh. if you were trying to get... If you did go in there and get smashed, try to find you out the fucking maze. <laughs> yeah. But people have died in that maze. <laughs> you'd sober up by the time you got there. I'm guessing when they say maze, they're talking about, like, when they go up and down with the... The cordons. Yeah, the yeah, cordons yeah. to make a barrier. Yeah, yeah. Right, boss, is there any chance I can go out the back door, please? <laughs> <laughs> You'd get into a fight purposely, wouldn't you? So you get kicked out by the bouncers. Mm-hmm. So they always kick you out in the back door, don't they? <laughs> yeah, true. So I want to go home now. Right, come here, you. <laughs> in the 1830s, ketchup was sold as a cure for diarrhoea, indigestion, jaundice and rheumatism. My word. Wow. God, it'd do nothing for you, really. <laughs> Probably give you the shit if you eat too much of it. Oh, yeah. Or diabetes. Hmm. I doubt it had as much sugar in back then. That's probably true, actually. Yeah, you're right. There's a railway in Japan that runs on ramen noodle broth. <sighs> Fucking what, awesome. They, what? They feed the... Doesn't surprise or, me. Or it goes into the engine, or they feed the people and... What? They feed they the people and they, 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 they flintstone it. Yeah. 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 They turn the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, I'm not, not going to do an impression. It's Don't not worry. entirely clear. <laughs> well, I guess the engine's powered by ramen noodles. Uh, why don't we all perish it with ramen noodles and then? Mm-hmm. Well, Claire, a lot of people in the past sort of 40 or 50 years have made engines that run on water, they made free energy engines, which produce more than you put in. And all those people have died. mysteriously disappeared or died. Note to self, never invent <laughs> non-petrol or diesel engine. There you go. Mm. What happened to this chap? Did he mysteriously die? <laughs> that was Japan, so no. Mm. But still, that has happened. We'll do an episode on that one day. Mm. Yeah, I've come up with a concept for... That kind you of thing as well. Oh my god, someone's breaking the door in! <laughs> the, the one that you'd use from the Navy, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, shrink it down into a small <coughs> package, yeah. Okay, last bit of fact. 
Go on then. The first motorist to be fined for speeding in the UK was driving how fast, do you reckon? Um, 22 miles an hour. 22, Claire. I think it was a I think it was about 37 or something. 37? I was going to say 35. Claire wins. It was 8 miles an hour in a 2 mile per hour zone. Uh, uh, <laughs> 2 mile per hour zone. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, suppose the bloke, I suppose the bloke in front's got to keep up <laughs> waving that red flag. Mm, you're probably right, actually. <laughs> it means he can go at a more leisurely pace rather than having a sort of quick march in front of it. It's worth having a fucking car at 2 miles an hour. Yeah, well, you weren't walking. Hmm. Mm. You have a horse, wouldn't you? A horse and carriage is faster than that. Yeah, but nothing status, isn't it, at that yeah. point? Yeah. Look at me and me. me I say he's got one of those T5. new horseless carriages. Like T5 or whatever it is, the Ford. Sounds like my uncle. He oh saw, saw one of his neighbours get the new plate of motor and now he's got to buy one. Yeah. It is definitely a status thing. It's gone throughout the ages. It has. Someone, yeah, that's why people used. That's where horse racing came from, isn't it? My horse is faster than yours. You see yeah. it at Christmas time, with people and their fucking decorations on the front of their houses. Oh, that's some good competition now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, they every year they get bigger and built and more. So, there and you go. Like, the next door gets bigger and better than the year after. And, oh, it's it's quite fun. Cars, though. horses, Christmas lights. Yeah, it's all my dicks bigger than your dick, isn't it? That's what's yeah, all about. yeah. The dicks. Amount, the amount of people I see flopping it out like. <laughs> <laughs> I can touch the floor with it. Where are you going? <laughs> it's that funny bar that Claire showed me. <laughs> and they got small dicks and they're compensating for it. That's all it is. And on that note, <laughs> small dicks means big compensation. And there's probably a group of eight men living in the in the jungles. Maybe. I wonder if their dicks were hairy. Hmm. <laughs> Just you to think of that. Uh, Mention dicks and them hairy guys all in one sentence. And I was just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> would you get them to shave their dicks? Well, they, they wouldn't have razors now, would they? Well, we're going off topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, they'd have maybe they'd have really sharp little flints. They'd use. Mm. Yeah, it's like a flint. To your That's the best they've got. Yeah. Nah, they wouldn't have hairy dicks. Nothing has a hairy dick. They don't. <laughs> they don't. There's no big fat of a hairy dick. They have like it's hidden. Pizza they probably have them hidden, like cows, horses. You know what I mean? Like it, dogs, like a big pink thing comes out. Kind of protrudes out, maybe yeah, from yeah. somewhere a bit more like a lipstick. I just think they just fucking swinging free, man. Well, like, that's what apes and that are like as well, aren't they? They've got like the lipstick kind of. Thing. Effect, haven't they? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they have. I'm pretty sure of it. Oh man, I wanted the Bigfoot's just swinging free. <laughs> <laughs> big, big fucking hairy mullet. <laughs> big, just a big dog swinging free in the dead with his knees. <laughs> Tune in for next week when Pete describes all the animal dicks he knows. Yeah, we've checked that out before. Now. Yeah, I bet you have. They used to make aprons out of whale foreskin. Who did? Some guy did. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> That's what he used to do. It's why he doesn't work anymore. Is he? He's not allowed to do it anymore. <laughs> and that was a whale named Ed Gein. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thanks for listening. I've been Ben. You can follow us on Facebook at Code of the Bull and the Post Truth Apocalypse. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and most of the podcasting platforms at Code of the Bull in the PTA. And YouTube is Apocalypse Ball. 
Give us a like, give us a comment, give us a, a subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell your favourite sock, as long as it's got a YouTube account, I don't really care. Don't join a cult. We don't get followed by wank socks. <laughs> oh, I don't every click we can get. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Claire, keep an open mind, but not so open this. Bills out your ears, guys. And I've been Pete. Enjoy the rest of your week and what you've got left and stay safe. Bye.